0: Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast.
1: Uh, It's great, you know, whenever you get a guy back, especially a guy like that. Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Just go out there and win games. Not here to prove anything to anybody. Playing for my teammates, for the coaches, and everything else will take care of itself. It's the
1: WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by
0: ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives.
1: Anytime you play a top 10 offense, that's the test, right? This offense is a good offense, and it's got a lot of skill. It's going to be a big challenge for us. Now,
0: here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into another edition of the WGN Radio Football Podcast, episode 76. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for tuning in and thank you to Carmen Vitelli from Fox Sports for joining me. With the Bears headed to Detroit on Sunday, Carmen covers the Bears, covers the NFC North, for Fox Sports does a great job doing it with an NFC North matchup on Sunday. I figured this would be a perfect time to talk to Carmen. Carmen, I appreciate you coming back on the podcast. The big talk this week, obviously, is of Justin Fields, who is making his first start in over a month. And I think the conversation is bigger than just this one game against Detroit. He has seven games left. And a lot of the conversation really all season was, what does Ryan Poles think of Justin Fields? And is Justin Fields the future? And the Bears are in a position to potentially draft a quarterback. Caleb Williams maybe number 1 overall. So, where are you at with Fields? Where are you at with what Ryan Poles might be thinking about the future at quarterback for the Chicago Bears?
1: I'm with Ryan Poles in that I'm not sold yet and I don't think he should be either because we haven't seen any consistency out of Justin Fields and that's what's going to that's what these last 7 games are going to be about is showing that he can take those flashes of absolute brilliance and do it on a regular basis and convince Ryan Poles that he should stake his livelihood on keeping Justin Fields and making him the quarterback of the future. So that's why you hit the nail on the head. It is much bigger than just this one game. This is the start of an audition for Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, and do you think there's any scenario, I mean, let's say Fields plays well, and he's consistent and checks some of the boxes they might be looking to check over the final seven games. Does any of it really matter if if the Bears have that top overall pick? Is there any way or any scenario where you see the Bears not drafting a quarterback number one?
1: I think that it's entirely possible if what you just said comes true and that field shows his athleticism, that he works within this game, he goes off script where he needs to, makes good decisions, throws with anticipation, utilizes all the weapons that he has now, um, and down the stretch really shows what kind of quarterback he can be. And he doesn't have to necessarily hit his ceiling in the next seven games. I don't think anybody wants that. But if he can demonstrate the consistency and and show that he can put this team on his back uh, even when things are going wrong and win games for them, then Ryan Poles could feel comfortable enough to say, yeah great, we have this guy and we have all this draft capital. I mean, having two really early picks in the first round when you don't need a quarterback, I mean, that is a dream scenario for any general manager. And that could come to fruition if you see what you need to see out of Justin Fields. But it is a really hefty opportunity when it comes to the oppor- like this quarterback class in particular. I think this is, if this is last year, you have a little bit of a different feel for it. But this year, this is a stacked quarterback class, and it's a really good opportunity to, for Ryan Polk to bring him, bring in a guy that he believes in and that he's evaluated, that he has accountability for. So at least if things don't work out, Ryan Polk can say, all right, well, it didn't work out, but it was my guy, and I'll take responsibility for that. Yeah,
0: I think the nightmare scenario here is Bears draft a quarterback early, Fields is out of town in a year or so, or whatever it is, and the quarterback they draft doesn't work out, and Fields has success somewhere else because that's that's entirely possible too, and it would add another level, another layer of pain for Chicago Bears fans. Because um, I look, I'm not completely sold on Justin Fields, but I've been high on him since he entered the league. I think he's extremely talented. We do need to see consistency. You would like to see some signature wins, like having the ball late in a close game and Fields drives down the, field, uh, down the field and leads the Bears to a victory. You'd like to see more of that stuff. Um, and, and, you know, has he been put in the best position? I don't think so, right? Like he's, he had to change offensive coordinators. He's played behind not the best offensive line. Do you think there's any – I'll throw this hypothetical to you, Carmen, because I was having a conversation with somebody at Hallis Hall this week about it. Let's say the Bears do have the top pick and they draft Caleb Williams – do, do you think that marks the like, the end of Justin Fields in Chicago? Because, you know, Herb Howard, I was talking to our buddy Herb, Was always on the podcast. He's like, if they draft Caleb Williams, it's the end of Fields with the Bears no matter what. There's no way you could have both of them in camp together. And I'm like, okay, maybe. What? what like, the, How do you feel about that hypothetical? Do you think there's a chance that they, even if they drafted Williams one, that Fields would still be around?
1: Absolutely not. I'm with Herb on this. Yeah. There's no way that you have those two guys – in the same locker room when justin Fields was brought in <laughs> to be the franchise quarterback right he doesn't want to take a backseat in an organization that again like you said didn't put him in the best scenario to succeed and on top of it caleb williams would be coming into a drastically better situation because they've figured out a lot of things on offense they have offensive weapons the offensive line of the chicago bears has become a strength which is incredible to say, given where we started, even at the beginning of this year. But you now have to feel good that you have the best five guys out there. I really, just, I can't say enough about what Tevin Jenkins has been able to do. Now that you have a free agent in Nate Davis that has come back, and he's healthy, we think, uh, and, and he can be a difference maker along the line, too. I just, most of these guys, other than Tevin Jenkins, are guys that Ryan Poles brought in. So this is That is a unit that they feel good about. Therefore, there's no more excuses to say, well, he's not playing behind a great line. It's it's not true anymore. Bears probably have a better line than half the league at this point. So if you see guys have success and and franchise quarterbacks have success despite their circumstances, that's the biggest thing. So for Justin Fields to stick around and watch someone else come into a better situation and be better equipped, there's just absolutely no way. There's quarterbacks. That's not how they're wired, and if he is going to be even if he's going somewhere else to be a backup, that is a better scenario than playing backup in an organization that was hinging their success on him uh, and not really doing enough to help him out in the first place.
0: yeah, yeah no i, I I'm I'm with you guys for sure. Uh, what did you think of the uh, Montez sweat trade and what what have you seen from him through a couple games with the Bears?
1: I really wanted to kind of reserve judgment on the Montez Sweat trade because of the fact that I needed to see him be the guy that they wanted him to be when they gave up a second-round pick just to negotiate with him. Montez Sweat was on a Washington line. There was not a lot going well in Washington, but what was going well is that defensive front. And I mean, you had all pro-caliber players all across the line. Montez Sweat didn't have to be good the dude there, and that's evident in the fact that he's never gone over double-digit sacks in his career for a single season. So you wanted to see the fact that he could come into a place and he could make a difference, not only be effective himself, but make a difference for the rest of the line. And that's what we saw in the Thursday night game, which was so encouraging. I know it was against the Carolina Panthers. I know it was against a bad offensive line. But what was really telling is not only did Montez Sweat have eight pressures, but there was guys like and Ngakwe who got a sack. I think Justin Jones had a sack that game. One of the interior guys did. And when you see other guys having production because the offense is keying in on Montez Sweat, that's exactly what you brought him in for. And as far as giving up the, the second-round pick, I do think that it was a little risky. It was a little rich. But at the same time... I've, I've said this a lot, and I love Chicago with all of my heart. I grew up there, I grew up here, I should say i it's not a place that's easily wooing uh, free agents. That's just not the case. It's not a <laughs> sunny climate. Uh, it, it, there's a state income tax in Illinois. You don't have these generate the generational talent on the roster yet that can woo free agents themselves to come play with them. It's just not a place where, it's easy to bring people in if they have a choice other than to pay them a ton of money. So, yes, Montez West's new contract was put you know puts him at like the top of the league, but it's just because he was the latest defensive end to sign a contract. Once free agency hits, that contract is not going to look so explosive or so rich or whatever. That's just going to be the going rate. And if the Bears wanted to compete in free agency, they were going to have to overpay even more. I think. Yeah. Uh, had they not made the trade then and done the negotiation, kind of exclusively, pay and and, and also kept that franchise tag that they that they're probably definitely going to need at this
0: point. Yeah, it was a they desperately needed to add talent at the defensive line area and he did that Ryan Poles did that so credit to him like they needed they really needed to add something there and you know as you build a foundation that's the type of player you want as part of your foundation he's good you know pass rush he's good against the run all those sorts of things um, Bears and Lions Sunday in Detroit where does Detroit rank in your NFC power rankings are they at the same level as Philly and San Francisco where where are you at with the Lions who are and it was kind of funny this week you you grew up here I grew up here and uh, Cole Komet grew up a Bears fan, and he was asked straight up, he's like, is it kind of weird to see Detroit good and in first place? And he was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's just a different vibe with Detroit right now. And they're sitting at 7-2. and two. They're in the driver's seat to win the division, their first division title. Uh, it would be since 1993. Uh, are the Lions the best team in the NFC? You, you know this team very well. What, what can you tell us about the Detroit Lions this year?
1: I would put the Detroit Lions right behind Philly and San Francisco, but I do think that they are an NFC powerhouse. And we knew that that was going to be the case going in because the playing field in the NFC is a little bit less than what you see kind of in the the competition wise in the AFC. But that being said, the Lions are a really good team. They're very complete, especially when it comes to offense. I was at the Chargers Lions game last weekend the way that Detroit got to 41 points was just incredibly impressive because of the fact, I think they scored in a different way on every single drive, but even within the drive, they were doing different things. They were evolving their game plan as it went on. I really was just, I keep saying it, but I really want to know how big Ben Johnson's call sheet is because they were pulling out things just, I mean, even late in the game, That was completely new that we hadn't seen. They weren't rerunning all of these plays, or if they were, it was out of different formations and different looks and trying to keep the Chargers' defense on their heels. So they've been doing that all season. They've been evolving with their personnel, who they have available, all of that kind of stuff. And Chicago is very lucky in the sense that uh, they now get both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs just like the Chargers did. And now you see this offense that has a pretty even split between how much they run, how much they pass. Their offensive line is the engine that makes everything go because they are so good in both run and pass blocking. It's allowed Jared Goff to play wonderfully, beautifully this this year, and it also allows the Lions to have a very robust running game. And it just opens up so many things for so many things for this offense that. Scoring and having all of this production is, I expect to be the norm going forward. Now that they have everyone healthy, um, and it's going to they're going to be a tough out when it comes to the NFC playoffs.
0: Yeah, that was something as you pointed out that was brought up multiple times at Hallis Hall this week was how balanced the Detroit Lions' offenses. Jalen Johnson was asked about it. He said they use a lot of play action. Um, Jared Goff is having a really good season. He's thrown for over 2,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So a balanced attack uh, is what we kept hearing at Hallis Hall this week. And good for David Montgomery, right? Like He chose to leave Chicago, and now he's on a winning team. And you can tell he's enjoying it.
1: He is, and I mean, this is not going over his head that he's returning to Chicago as part of a team like that. We were in the locker room with him after the game on uh, on Sunday, and the last question in in the scrum, somebody asked him about Chicago, and he just got this little smirk on his face, and he just goes, "Oh, we'll talk about that this week." But make no mistake, he is looking forward to it. I think that coaching staff, the way that they relate to the players, is is just it's so unique because Dan Campbell has built such a huge staff of former players, that, I mean, they're hyping David Montgomery out because they've been in these shoes before where they've gone back to the teams that they were a part of. And I just expect the fact that David Montgomery is going to have a lot to do with this game plan. Ben Johnson is going to scheme up some really fun things to get him the ball, to get him into the end zone. And he has this entire team behind him as he comes back to Chicago with, like, the upgrade at, at, at girlfriend or something. I don't know. You know, he's like coming back to his ex, like, "Oh, look who I am on my arm now," and it happens to be a very, very good. Game.
0: You, you know, the Bears have been really good against the run this year. They're second in rushing yards allowed per game. Detroit is third, so we'll see how this one plays out. Uh, Detroit, a big favorite, obviously in this one. I think it started at ten points. It's at eight or seven and a half right, right now. Um, Fields is back. How, how do you see Sunday's game? playing out do you think detroit pretty much handles this one or you think with fields back bears can keep this one kind of close and competitive
1: i think that it'll be one of those things where in the in the beginning it's a little bit close i mean even with uh the chargers and how potent the chargers offense is with justin herbert i mean justin herbert played out of his mind him and keenan allen were carving up the detroit secondary for most of that game on sunday and detroit got off to kind of a slower start in the first half. And then they really kind of pulled it together in the second half. So I kind of expect them to be able to do something like that. I think that maybe, you know, the bears are going to show some things that maybe they haven't shown in a while, um, if at all. And that's going to kind of, you know, take some adjusting, but, That's something that defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn is so good at in Detroit is making those adjustments. Uh, Their strength on defense is that defensive line as well. And the way that he can get creative with the fronts he uses the stunts, the games that he plays up front. um, That's, that's really confusing for a quarterback that isn't used to seeing it. Um, They can switch up uh, looks post-snap. And I think that that's going to be a really key thing for Detroit because their secondary is not what they thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year between Chauncey Gardner-Johnson going uh, um, out in, on IR and Emmanuel Mosley. Um, <laughs> there's a siren. But, um, yeah, I just think that they're going to try and get as much pressure as they can on fields up front, so they take kind of some of the pressure off the, backs, uh, the defensive backfield.
0: Carmen Vitale covers the Bears, covers the NFC North for Fox Sports, does a great job doing it. some great insight on Sunday's matchup. It's crazy how fast this season is moving. I don't know it feels it feels quicker than than usual for me uh can we get, who's your Super Bowl pick right now Because we're going oh, I'm going to put you on the spot, but we're cruising along here. I mean the playoffs aren't that far off.
1: No, they're not, and I think at the beginning of the year, um, my Super Bowl pick was the Dolphins and the um, uh, the Eagles. I think I had Dolphins-Eagles in the Super Bowl, and I think no. I had the Dolphins winning, and I'm not sure that I'm going to deviate from that. I, the AFC is totally murky, but um, yeah, maybe I'm just going to stick with that. Okay, I like Dolphins, it.
0: Eagles. I like it. Stick to, <laughs> stick to it. Uh, Carmen, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Great insight, as always. Thank you. Thank you again to Carmen Vitale for joining me on the podcast. Great stuff as always. And thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Alzheimer for their help producing the podcast. And thank you to our local Chevy dealers, podcast sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Justin Fields Drives. Thank you again for listening. This was episode 76 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.